Section thirty five of the Rise and Fall of the Confederate Government, Volume One B. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. This is a recording by Rolder. The Rise and Fall of the Confederate Government, Volume One B, by Jefferson Davis. Chapter thirty five, Appendix I correspondence and extracts from correspondence relative to fort sumter from the affair of the star of the west january nine eighteen sixty one to the withdrawal of the envoy of south carolina from washington february eighth eighteen sixty one major anderson to the governor of south carolina to his excellency the governor of south carolina sir two of your batteries fired this morning upon an unarmed vessel bearing the flag of my government as i have not been notified that war has been declared by south carolina against the government of the united states i cannot but think that this hostile act was committed without your sanction or authority under that hope and that alone did i refrain from opening fire upon your batteries i have the honour therefore respectfully to ask whether the above-mentioned act one i believe without a parallel in the history of our country or of any other civilized government was committed in obedience to your instructions and to notify you if it be not disclaimed that i must regard it as an act of war and that i shall not after a reasonable time for the return of my messenger permit any vessels to pass within a range of the guns of my fort in order to save as far as in my power the shedding of blood i beg that you will have due notification of this my decision given to all concerned hoping however that your answer may be such as will justify a further continuance of forebodings on my part i have the honour to be very respectfully your obedient servant robert anderson major first artillery u s a commanding fort sumter carolina january ninth eighteen sixty one extracts from the reply of the governor to major anderson state of carolina executive office headquarters charleston january ninth eighteen sixty one sir your letter has been received in it you make certain statements which very plainly show that you have not been fully informed by your government of the precise relations which now exist between it and the state of south carolina official information has been communicated to the government of the united states that the political connection heretofore existing between the state of carolina and the states which were known as the united states had ceased and that the state of south carolina had resumed all the power it had delegated to the united states under the compact known as the constitution of the united states the right which the state of south carolina possessed to change the political relations it held with other states under the constitution of the united states has been solemnly asserted by the people of the state in convention and now does not admit of discussion the attempt to reinforce the troops now at fort sumter or to retake and resume possession of the forts within the waters of the states which you have abandoned after spiking the guns placed there and doing otherwise much damage cannot be regarded by the authorities of the state as indicative of any other purpose than the coercion of the state by the armed force of the government to repel such an attempt is to plainly its duty to allow it to be discussed but while defending its waters the authorities of the state have been careful so to conduct the affairs of the state that no act however necessary for its defence should lead to a useless waste of life special agents therefore have been off the bar to warn all approaching vessels if armed or unarmed and having troops to reinforce the forts on board not to enter the harbour of charleston
and special orders have been given to the commanders of all the forts and the batteries not to fire at such vessels until a shot is fired across their bows would warn them of the prohibition of the states under these circumstances the star of the west it is understood this morning attempted to enter this harbour with troops on board and having been notified that she could not enter was fired into the act is perfectly justified by me in regard to your threat in relation to vessels in the harbour it is only necessary to say that you must judge of your responsibilities your position in this harbour has been tolerated by the authorities of the state and while the act of which you complain is in a perfect consistency with the rights and duties of the state it is not perceived how far the conduct which you propose to adopt can find a parallel in the history of any country or be reconciled with any other purpose of your government than that of imposing upon this state the condition of a conquered province f w pinkins to major robert anderson commanding fort sumter major anderson to the government headquarters fort sumter south carolina january ninth eighteen sixty one to his excellency f w pinkins governor of the state of carolina sir i have the honour to acknowledge the receipt of your communication of to-day and to say that under the circumstances i have deemed it proper to refer the whole matter to my government and that i intend deferring the course indicated in my note of this morning until the arrival from washington of the instructions i may receive i have the honour also to express a hope that no obstructions will be placed in the way of and that you will do me the favour to afford every facility to the departure and return of the bearer lieutenant t talbot u s army who has been directed to make the journey i have the honour to be very respectfully robert anderson major u s army commanding the governor to the president of the united states state of carolina executive office headquarters charleston january eleventh eighteen sixty one sir at the time of the separation of the state of south carolina from the united states fort sumter was and still is in the possession of the troops of the united states under the command of major anderson i regard that possession as not consistent with the dignity or safety of the state of south carolina and i have this day addressed to the major anderson a communication to obtain from him the possession of that fort by the authority of the state the reply of major anderson informs me that he has no authority to do what i require but he desires a reference of the demand to the president of the united states under the circumstances now existing and which needs no comment by me i have determined to send to you the hon i w hine the attorney-general of the state of south carolina and have instructed him to demand the delivery of fort sumter in the harbour of charleston to the constituted authorities of the state of south carolina the demand i have made of major anderson and which i now make of you is suggested because of my earnest desire to avoid the bloodshed which a persistence in your attempt to retain the possession of that fort will cause and which will be unavailing to secure you that possession but induce a calamity most deeply to be deplored if the consequences so unhappy shall ensue i will secure for this state in the demand which i now make the satisfaction of having exhausted every attempt to avoid it in relation to the public property of the united states within the fort sumter the hon i w hayne who will hand you this communication is authorized to give you the pledge of the state that the valuation of such property will be accounted for by the state upon the adjustment of its relations with the united states of which it is a part f w pinkins to the president of the united states
extracts from instructions of the state department of south carolina to the honorable i w hayne state of south carolina executive office state department charleston january twelfth eighteen sixty one sir the government has considered it proper in view of the grave question which now affect the state of south carolina and the united states to make a demand upon the president of the united states for the delivery to the state of south carolina of fort sumter now within the territorial limits of the state and occupied by the troops of the united states you are now instructed to proceed to washington and there in the name of the government of the state of south carolina inquire of the president of the united states whether it was by his order that troops of the united states were sent into the harbor of charleston to reinforce fort sumter if he avows that order you will then inquire whether he asserts a right to introduce troops of the united states within the limits of the state to occupy fort sumter and you will in case of his avowal inform him that neither will be permitted and either will be regarded as his declaration of war against the state of south carolina the governor to save life and determined to omit no course of proceeding usual among civilized nations previous to that condition of the general hostilities which belongs to war and not knowing under what order or by what authority fort sumter is now held demanded from major robert anderson now in command of that fort its delivery to the state that officer in his reply has referred to the governor that the government of the united states at washington you will therefore demand from the president of the united states the withdrawal of the troops of the united states from the fort and its delivery to the state of south carolina you are instructed not to allow any question of property claimed by the united states to embarrass the assertion of the political right of the state of south carolina to the possession of fort sumner the possession of that fort by the state is alone consistent with the dignity and safety of the state of south carolina by such possession is not inconsistent with the right to compensate in money in another government if it has against the state of south carolina any just claim connected with that fort but the possession of the fort cannot in regard to the state of south carolina be compensated by any consideration of any kind from the government of the united states when the possession of it by the government is invasive of the dignity and affects the safety of the state that possession cannot become now a matter of discussion or negotiation you will therefore require from the president of the united states a positive and distinct answer to your demand for the delivery of the fort and you are further authorized to give the pledge of the state to adjust all matters which may be and are in their nature susceptible of valuation in money in the manner most usual and upon the principles of equity and just always recognized by independent nations for the ascertainment of their relative rights and obligations in such matters respectfully your obedient servant a g mcgrath to honorable w hayne special envoy from the state of south carolina to the president of the united states letter of senators of seceding states to honorable i w hayne washington city january fifteenth eighteen sixty one honorable isaac w hayne sir we are apprised that you visit washington as an envoy from the state of south carolina bearing a communication from the governor of your state to the president of the united states in relation to fort sumter without knowing its contents we venture to request you to defer its delivery to the president for a few days or until you and he have considered the suggestions which we beg leave to submit 
we know that the possession of fort sumter by troops of united states coupled with the circumstances under which it was taken is the chief if not only source of difficulty between the government of south carolina and that of the united states we would add that we too think it is a just cause of irritation and of apprehension on the part of your state but we have also assurances notwithstanding the circumstances under which major anderson left fort moultrie and entered fort sumter with the forces under his command that it was not taken and is not held with any hostile or unfriendly purpose towards your state but merely as a property of the united states which the president deems it his duty to protect and preserve we will not discuss the question of right or duty on the part of either government touching the property or the late acts of either in relation thereto but we think that without any compromise of right or breach of duty on either side an amicable adjustment of the matter of differences may and should be adopted we desire to see such an adjustment and to prevent war or the shedding of blood we represent states which have already seceded from the united states or will have done so before the first of february next and which will meet your state in convention on or before the fifteenth of that month our people feel that they have a common destiny with your people and accept to form with them in that convention a new confederation or provisional government we must and will share your fortunes suffering with you the evils of war if it cannot be avoided and enjoying with you the blessings of peace if it can be preserved we therefore think it especially due from south carolina to our states to say nothing of other slaveholding states that she should as far as she can consistently with her honour avoiding initiating hostilities between her and the united states or any other power we have the public declaration of the president that he has not the constitutional power or the will to make war on south carolina and that the public peace shall not be disturbed by any act of hostility towards your state we therefore see no reason why there may not be a settlement of existing difficulties if time be given for calm and deliberate counsel with those states which are equally involved with south carolina we therefore trust that an arrangement will be agreed on between you and the president at least till the fifteenth of february next by which time your and our states may in convention devise a wise just and peaceable solution of existing difficulties in the meantime we think your state should suffer major anderson to obtain necessary supplies of food fuel or water and enjoy free communication by post or special messenger with the president upon the understanding that the president will not send him reinforcements during the same period we propose to submit this proposition and your answer to the president if not clothed with the power to make such arrangement then we trust that you will submit our suggestions to the governor of your state for his instructions until you have received and communicated his response to the president of course your state will not attack fort sumter and the president will not offer to reinforce it we most respectfully submit these propositions in the earnest hope that you or the proper authority of your state may accede to them we have the honour to be with profound esteem your obedient servants lewis t wigfall john hemphill d l uly s r mallory jefferson davis c c clay jr benjamin fitzpatrick a iveson john slidell j p benjamin letter of hon i w hayne in reply to the senators from seceding states washington january eighteen sixty one gentlemen i have just received your communication dated the fifteenth instant 
you represent you say states which have already seceded from the united states or will have done so before the first of february next and which will meet south carolina in convention on or before the fifteenth of that month that your people feel they have a common destiny with our people and expect to form with them in that convention a new confederacy and provisional government that you must and will share our fortunes suffering with us the evils of war if it cannot be avoided and enjoying with us the blessings of peace if it can be preserved i feel gentlemen the force of this appeal and so far as my authority extends most cheerfully comply with your request i am not clothed with the power to make the arrangements you suggest but provided you can get assurances with which you are entirely satisfied that no reinforcements will be sent to fort sumter in the interval and that public peace shall not be disturbed by any act of hostility toward south carolina i will refer your communication to the authorities of south carolina and withholding their communication with which i am at present charged will wait for their instructions major anderson and his command let me assure you do now obtain all necessary supplies of food including fresh meat and vegetables and i believe fuel and water and do now enjoy free communication by post and special messengers with the president and will continue to do so certainly until the door of negotiation shall be closed if your proposition is acceded to you may assure the president that no attack will be made on fort sumter until a response from the governor of south carolina has been received by me and communicated to him with great consideration and profound esteem your obedient servant isaac w hayne envoy from the governor and council of south carolina letter of senators of seceding states to the president senate chamber january nineteen eighteen sixty one sir we have been requested to present you copies of the correspondence between certain senators of the united states and colonel isaac w hayne now in the city on behalf of the government of south of carolina and to ask that you will take into consideration the subject of said correspondence very respectfully your obedient servants benjamin fitzpatrick s o mallory john seidel to his excellent james buchanan president of the united states to the letter above an evasive reply was returned on the twenty second by the hon joseph holt secretary of war ad interim on behalf of the president the material points of which are contained in the following paragraph in regard to the proposition by colonel hayne that no reinforcements will be sent to fort sumter in the interval and that the public peace will not be disturbed by any act of hostility towards south carolina it is impossible for me to give you any such assurances the president has no authority to enter into such an agreement or understanding as an executive officer he is simply bound to protect the public property so far as it may be practicable and it would be a manifest violation of his duty to place himself under engagements that he would not perform this duty either for an indefinite or limited period at the present moment it is not deemed necessary to reinforce major anderson because he makes no such request and feels quite secure in his position should his safety however require reinforcements every effort will be made to supply them mr holt concludes his letter by saying major anderson is not menacing charleston and i am convinced that the happiest result which can be attained is that both he and the authorities of south carolina shall remain on their present amicable footing neither party being bound by any obligations whatever except the high christian and moral duty to keep the peace and to avoid all causes of mutual irritation very respectfully your obedient servant j holt secretary of war ad interim 
letter of senators of seceding states to honorable i w hayne honorable isaac w hayne washington january twenty third eighteen sixty one sir in answer to your letter of the seventeenth instant we have now to inform you that after communicating with the president we have received a letter signed by the secretary of war and addressed to Messrs. fitzpatrick mallory and slidell on the subject of your proposition which letter we now enclose to you although its terms are not as satisfactory as we could have desired in relation to the ulterior purpose of the executive we have no hesitation in expressing our entire confidence that no reinforcements will be sent to fort sumter nor will the public peace be disturbed within the period requested for full communication between yourself and your government and we trust therefore that you will feel justified in applying for further instructions before delivering to the president any message with which you may have been charged we take this occasion to renew the expression of an earnest hope that south carolina will not deem it incompatible with her safety dignity or honor to refrain from initiating any hostilities against any power whatsoever or from taking any steps tending to produce collision until our states which are to share her fortunes shall have an opportunity of joining their counsel with hers we are with great respect your obedient servants lewis t wigfall d l Uly, j p benjamin a iverson john hemphill john slidell c c clay jr p s some of the signatures to the former letter addressed to you are not affixed to the foregoing communication in consequence of the departure of several senators now on their way to their respective states letter of hon i w hayne to senators of seceding states to the hon lewis t wigfall d l Uly, j p benjamin a iverson john hemphill john slidell and c c clay jr gentlemen i have received your letter of the twenty-third instance enclosing a communication dated on the twenty-second instant addressed to Messrs. fitzpatrick mallory and slidell from the secretary of war ad interim this communication from the secretary is far from being satisfactory to me but inasmuch as you state that we you have no hesitation in expressing an entire confidence that no reinforcement will be sent to fort sumter nor will the public peace be disturbed within the period requested for full communication between yourself myself and your my government in compliance with your previous understanding i withhold the communication with which i am at present charged and refer the whole matter to the authorities of south carolina and will await their reply mr gowden of south carolina now in the city will leave here by the evening train and will lay before the governor of south carolina and his council the whole correspondence between yourselves and myself and between you and the government of the united states with a communication from me asking for further instructions i cannot in closing but express my deep regret that the president should deem it necessary to keep a garrison of troops at fort sumter for the protection of the property of the united states south carolina scorns the idea of appropriating herself the property of another whether of a government or an individual without accounting to the last dollar for everything which for the protection of her citizens and in vindication of her own honour and dignity she may deem it necessary to take into her own possession as property fort sumter is in far greater jeopardy occupied by a garrison of the united states troops than it would be if delivered over to the state authorities with the pledge that in regard to that and all other property claimed by the united states within the jurisdiction of south carolina they would fully account upon a fair adjustment upon the other point of the preservation of peace 
and the avoidance of bloodshed is it supposed that the occupation of the fort in the midst of a harbour with guns bearing upon every position of it by a government no longer acknowledged can be other than the occasion of constant irritation excitement and indignation it creates a condition of things which i fear is but little calculated to advance the observation of the high christian and moral duty to keep the peace and to avoid all causes of mutual irritation recommended by the secretary of war in his communication in my judgment to continue to hold fort sumter by united states troops is the worst possible means of protecting it as property and the worst possible means of effecting a peaceful solution of the present difficulties i beg leave in conclusion to say that it is in defence to the unanimous opinion expressed by the senators present in washington representing states which have already seceded from the united states or will have done so before the first of february next that i comply with your suggestions and i feel assured that suggestions from such a quarter will be considered with profound respect by the authorities of south carolina and will have great weight in determining their action with high consideration i have the honour to be very respectfully your obedient servant isaac w hayne envoy from the governor and council of south carolina mr hayne to the president of the united states washington january thirty first eighteen sixty one to his excellency james buchanan president sir i had the honour to hold a short interview with you on the fourteenth instant informal and unofficial having previously been informed that you desire that whatever was official should be on both sides conducted by written communication i did not at the time present my credentials but verbally inform you that i bore a letter from the governor of south carolina in regard to the occupation of fort sumter which i would deliver the next day under cover of a written communication from myself the next day before such communication could be made i was waited upon by a senator from alabama who stated that he came on the part of all the senators then in washington from the states which had already seceded from the united states or would certainly have done so before the first day of february next the senator from alabama urged that he and they were interested in the subject of my mission and in most an equal degree with the authorities of south carolina he said that hostilities commenced between south carolina and your government would necessarily involve the states represented by themselves in civil strife and fearing that the action of south carolina might complicate the relations of your government to the seceded states and seceding states and thereby interfere with a peaceful solution of existing difficulties these senators requested that i would withhold my message to yourself until consultation among themselves could be had to this i agreed and the result of the consultation was the letter of these senators addressed to me dated fifteenth january a copy of which is in your possession to this letter i replied on the seventeenth and a copy of that reply is likewise in your possession this correspondence as i am informed was made the subject of a communication from senators fitzpatrick mallory and slidell addressed to you and your attention called to the contents these gentlemen received on the twenty-second day of january a reply to their application conveyed in a letter addressed to them dated twenty-second signed by the hon john holt secretary of war ad interim of this letter you of course have a copy this letter from mr holt was communicated to me under the cover of a letter from all the senators of the seceded and seceding states who still remain in washington and of this letter too i am informed you have been furnished with a copy 
this reply of yours through the secretary of war ad interim to the application made by the senators was entirely unsatisfactory to me it appeared to me to be not only a rejection in advance of the main proposition made by the senators to wait that an arrangement should be agreed on between the authorities of south carolina and your government at least until the fifteenth of february next by which time south carolina and the states represented by senators might in the convention devise a wise just and peaceable solution of the existing difficulties in the meantime they say we think that is these senators that your state south carolina should suffer major anderson to obtain necessary supplies of food fuel or water and enjoy free communication by post or special messenger with the president upon the understanding that the president will not send him reinforcements during that same period but besides this rejection of the main proposition there was in mr holt's letter a distinct refusal to make any stipulation on the subject of reinforcement even for the short time that might be required to communicate with my government this reply to the senator was as i have stated altogether unsatisfactory to me and i felt sure that it would be so to the authorities whom i represent it was not however addressed to me or the authorities of south carolina and as south carolina had addressed nothing to your government and had asked nothing at your hands i look not to mr holt's letter but to the note addressed to me by the senators of the seceded and seceding states i had consented to withhold my message at their insistence provided that they could get assurances satisfactory to them that no reinforcements would be sent to fort sumter in the interval and that the peace should not be disturbed by an act of hostility the senators expressed in their note to me on the twenty-third instant their entire confidence but no reinforcements will be sent to fort sumter nor will the public peace be disturbed within the period requested for full communication between you myself and your my government and renewed the request that i would withhold the communication with which i stood charge and await further instructions this i have done the further instructions arrived on the thirtieth instant and their date the twenty-sixth i now have the honour to make to you my first communication as special envoy from the government of south carolina you will find enclosed the original communication to the president of the united states from the governor of south carolina with which i was charged in charleston on the twelfth day of january instant the day on which it bears date i am now instructed by the governor of south carolina to say that his opinion as to the propriety of the demand which is contained in this letter has not only been confirmed by the circumstances which your my mission has developed but is now increased to the conviction of its necessity the safety of the state requires that the position of the president should be distinctly understood the safety of all seceding states requires it as much as the safety of south carolina if it be so that fort sumter is held as property then as property the rights whatever they may be of the united states can be ascertained and for the satisfaction of these rights the pledge of the states of south carolina you are i am authorized to give if fort sumner is not held as property it is held say my instruction as a military post and such a post within the limits of south carolina cannot be tolerated you will perceive that it is upon the presumption that it is solely as property that you continue to hold fort sumter that i have been selected for the performance of the duty upon which i have entered i do not come as a military man to demand the surrender of the fortress but as a legal officer of the state its attorney-general to claim for the state the exercise of its undoubted right of eminent domain and to pledge the state to make good all injury to the rights of property which may arise 
from the exercise of the claim south carolina as a separate independent sovereignty assumes the right to take into her possession everything within her limits essential to maintain her honor or her safety irrespective of the question of property subject only to the moral duty requiring that compensation should be made to the owner this right she cannot permit to be drawn into discussion as to the compensation for any property whether of an individual or a government which she may deem it necessary for her honour or safety to take into her possession her past history gives ample guarantee that it would be made upon fair accounting to the last dollar the proposition is now that her law officer should under authority of the governor and his counsel distinctly pledge the faith of south carolina to make such compensation in regard to fort sumter and its appurtenances and contents to the full extent of the money value of the property of the united states delivered over to the authorities of south carolina by your command i will not suppose that a pledge like this can be considered insufficient security it is not the money value of the property of the united states in this fort situated where it cannot be made available to the united states for any one purpose for which it was originally constructed worth more to the united states than the property itself when then as property insist on holding it by an armed garrison yet such has been the ground upon which you have invariably placed your occupancy of this fort by troops beginning prospectively with your annual message of the fourth december again in your special message of the ninth eighth january and still more empathetically in your message of the twenty eighth january the same position is set forth in your reply to the senators through the secretary of war ad interim it is there virtually conceded that fort sumter is held merely as a property of the united states which you deem it your duty to protect and preserve again it is submitted that the continuance of an armed possession actually jeopards the property you desire to protect it is impossible that such a possession if continued long enough must lead to collision no people not completely abject and palsianimous could submit indefinitely to the armed occupation of a fortress in the midst of the harbour of its principal city and commanding the ingress and egress of every ship that enters the port the daily ferry-boats that ply upon the waters moving but at the sufferance of aliens an attack upon this fort would scarcely improve it as property whatever the result and if captured it would no longer be the subject of account to protect fort sumter merely as a property it is submitted that an armed occupancy is not only unnecessary but that it is manifestly the worst possible means which can be resorted to for such an object your reply to the senators through mr holt declares it to be your sole object to act strictly on the defensive and to authorize no movement against south carolina unless justified by a hostile movement on their part yet in reply to the proposition of the senators that no reinforcements should be sent to fort sumter provided south carolina agrees that during the same period no attack should be made you say it is impossible for me your secretary to give you the senators any such assurance that it would be a manifest violation of his your duty to place himself yourself under engagements that he you would not perform the duty either for an indefinite or limited period in your passage of the twenty-eighth instant in expressing yourself in the regard to similar proposition you say however strong may be my desire to enter into such an agreement i am convinced that i do not possess the power congress and congress alone under the war-making power can exercise the discretion of agreeing to sustain from any and all its acts calculated to produce a collision of arms between this and other governments it would therefore be an unsurpassation for the executive to attempt to restrain their hands 
by an agreement in regard to matters over which he has no constitutional control if he were thus to act they might pass laws which he should be bound to obey though in conflict with his agreement the proposition it is suggested was addressed to you under the laws as they now are and was not intended to refer to a new condition of things arising under new legislations it was addressed to the executive discretion acting under existing laws if congress should under the war-making power or in any other way legislate in a manner to affect the peace of south carolina her interest or her rights it would not be accomplished in secret south carolina would have timely notice or she would i trust endeavour to meet the emergency it is added in the letter of mr holt that at the present moment it is not deemed necessary to reinforce major anderson because he makes no such request and feels quite secure in his position but should his safety require it every effort will be made to supply reinforcements this would seem to ignore the other branch of the proposition made by the senators viz that no attack was to be made on fort sumter during the period suggested and that the major anderson should enjoy the facilities of communications i advert to this point however for the purpose of saying that to send reinforcements to fort sumter could not serve as a means of protecting and preserving property for as must be known to your government it would inevitably lead to an immediate hostilities in which property on all sides would necessarily suffer south carolina has every disposition to preserve the public peace and feels i am sure in full force those high christian and moral duties referred to by your secretary and it is submitted that on her part there is scarcely any consideration of mere property apart from harbour and safety which could induce her to do aught to jeopard the peace still less to inaugurate a protracted and bloody civil war she rests her position on something higher than mere property it is a consideration of her own dignity as a sovereign and the safety of her people which prompts her to demand that this property should no longer be used as a military post by a government she no longer acknowledges she feels this to be an imperative duty it has in fact become an absolute necessity of her condition repudiating as you do the idea of coercion avowing peaceful intentions and expressing a patriot's horror for civil war and bloody strife among those who were once your brethren it is hoped that on further consideration you will not on a mere question of property refuse the reasonable demand of south carolina which honour and necessity alike compel her to vindicate should you disappoint this hope the responsibility for the result surely does not rest with her if the evils of war are to be encountered especially the calamities of civil war an elevated statesmanship would seem to require that it should be accepted as the unavoidable alternative of something still more disastrous such as national dishonour or measures materially affecting the safety or permanent interest of a people that it should be a choice deliberately made and entered upon as war and of set purpose but that a war should be the incident or accident attendant on a policy professedly peaceful and not required to effect the object which is avowed as the only end intended can only be excused when there has been no warning given as to the consequences i am further instructed to say south carolina cannot by her silence appear to acquiesce in the imputation that she was guilty of an act of unprovoked aggression in firing on the star of the west though an unarmed vessel she was filled with armed men entering her territory against her will with the purpose of reinforcing a garrison held within her limits against her protest she forbears to recriminate by discussing the question of the property of attempting such a reinforcement at all 
as well as of the disguised and secret manner in which it was intended to be effected and on this occasion she will say nothing as to the manner in which fort sumter was taken into possession of its present occupants the interposition of the senators who have addressed you was a circumstance unexpected by my government and unsolicited certainly by me the governor while he appreciates the high and generous motives by which they were prompted and while he fully approves the delay which in deference to them has taken place in the presentation of this demand feels that it can no longer be withheld i conclude with an extract from the instructions just received by me from the government of south carolina the letter of the president through mr holt may be received as a reply to the question you were instructed to ask as to his assertion of his right to send reinforcements to fort sumter you were instructed to say to him if he asserted that right that the state of south carolina regarded such a right when asserted or with an attempt at its exercise as a declaration of war if the president intends it shall not be so understood it is proper to avoid any misconception hereafter that he should be informed of the manner in which the governor will feel bound to regard it if the president when you have stated the reason which prompted the governor in making the demand for the delivery of fort sumter shall refuse to deliver the fort upon the pledge you have been authorized to make you will communicate that refusal without delay to the governor if the president shall not be prepared to give you an immediate answer you will communicate to him that his answer may be transmitted within a reasonable time to the governor at this place charleston south carolina the governor does not consider it necessary that you i should remain longer in washington than is necessary to execute this the closing duty of your my mission in the manner now indicated to you me as soon as the governor shall receive from you information that you have closed your mission and the reply whatever it may be of the president he will consider the conduct which may be necessary on his part allow me to request that you would as soon as possible inform me whether under these instructions i need wait your answer in washington and if not i would be pleased to convey from you to my government information as to the time when an answer may be expected in charleston with high consideration i am very respectfully isaac w hayne special envoy some further correspondence ensued but without the presentation of any new feature necessary to a full understanding of the case the result was to leave it as much unsettled in the end as it had been in the beginning and the efforts at negotiation were terminated by the retirement from washington of colonel hayne on the eighth of february eighteen sixty one end of section thirty five recording by rolder london